This is Scott Blakeman in Brooklyn, New York, with a getting through this special report. Bum, 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 bum. The 2020 Democratic National Convention. Continuing coverage. Day three coverage on day four. And now I go to my colleague in the Pacific Palisades of Los Angeles, California, Tom Saunders. I am Tom Saunders, and... I am here in uh, America's West Coast, where we absolutely appreciate the stirring uh, theme from Aaron Copeland's fanfare for the common man as we begin night day four of convention coverage here in the Pacific Palisades, where shockingly, the data suggests that like the rest of the nation, we're doing other things besides watching every minute of the DNC convention. Interest in the convention coverage as measured by the national TV ratings has dropped by 40% on the first night and trended downward since then. Well, and then Tommy, probably the actual uh, ratings may have still been the highest rated show uh, of the night anyway, but you know, maybe the reason the ratings went down each night is that it's so obvious that Biden is a better candidate. So why do you have to keep watching? You know, people don't need to see anymore. They've already made up their minds and frankly, most people have to keep up with the shows that they're binging on Netflix instead. That's right. And, and America's Got Talent, which apparently did outnumber the, um, the convention. But uh, we'll drill down on that. Um, Scotty, I, I have uh, my response to that would be one word, maybe. But I <laughs> and many others thought the speeches did seem like an hour, a couple hour long compilation of equal time rebuttals following a State of the Union address. Kamala Harris's audience free speech even caused Frank Brunei of The New York Times to marvel that Kamala, husband, her husband and the Bidens at the end of the speech beamed and waved at what? A video grid of voters faces, a dark void. That nearly empty auditorium was a brutal setting for a big speech. Well, Tommy, Both, I, I understand that. Not. Yes. Well, of course, the New York Times has many points of view, and James Panewozik, and I must admit, I don't know if that's the pronunciation because I've never seen him. Could you pronounce it again, just for our amusement? Well, it looks like Panewozik or Panewozik, P O N I E W something, but he's the James Panewozik. Yeah, okay. James Panewozik, I think, would be it. And he, I agree with him in that. First of all, I watched all two hours once again on the DNC channel, and uh, I have to say Barack Obama's speech, which he also lauded, he actually compared it to a uh, arena act playing an acoustic set. And really, Obama, I think, was brilliant in that the key to these good speeches is using the medium. We've talked about on the show many times how the late night comics haven't used the medium uh, that well in these days. But Obama did it perfectly with pauses, and he was in a museum in Philadelphia. So I think it was almost like a positive eulogy because uh, that's sort of the way it went. Now, Kamala Harris, it was a very good speech, but the, the big mistake, and I agree with you on this, there was no point in cutting to these uh, long shots of six people with laptops and these eerie you know, stands <laughs> with states. And that, that was sort of like, what was the point of that? And then so that I thought was unnecessary. Yeah. They should have had her really in a living room like uh, Hillary Clinton was in Chappaqua, not her. She got she room. got uh, uh, hammered also by by New York Times. In fact, she came in for the most criticism, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, for her uh, for her speech. And 
uh, it was thought by, by okay best and uh, uh, worst moments i'm looking at it right now uh um Elizabeth Brennig, uh, uh, Hillary Clinton appeared to beam in front of heaven to relitigate her 2016 loss. Um, uh, Do they like Elizabeth? I thought Elizabeth Warren was very good. She was Michelle a, Cottle, but, Hillary Clinton's speech yeah. wasn't bad exactly. It was just meh, mostly because the delivery was oddly flat, as if maybe she were reading it for the first time. Secretary Clinton is an icon who means a lot to a woman she could have brought more oomph to the to the moment well uh, you know what again i like the whole point of you know we have to i think it's bet good that some of this is awkward because these are awkward times we live in everybody is alone so uh and i i know you have a wonderful uh, thoughts about if these speeches could have been done in front of other people but well i do and scotty yeah. uh, uh uh far be it for me to tell tom perez how to run his uh um is Demo- the, the, the Democrats, right? Or, and how to run this show. Uh, but here would be my elevator pitch if I dared to go on an elevator. One word. Well, actually a few words. Hollywood Bowl at one-sixth the capacity. Great social distancing, plus it's outdoors, and marvelous acoustics, Scotty. Cool, too, in the, in, 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 uh, the dry evening of the L.A. summer. You need an audience for speeches to feel electric enough to pay attention. And I agree. It did seem like the acoustic set. It seemed like MTV Unplugged. That's great for fans uh, to hear Bruce Springsteen uh, in a, in a very um, rem- small setting. But even there, they, had a, they have a little audience, right? Even in the MTV Unplugged shows, they had a... And, and, and that's what they could have done at the Hollywood Bowl with even bigger audiences well spaced apart and and honestly candidates feed off the energy my fear is that given tonight uh, uh, is the last night of the convention it may scotty it may be too late to implicate implement these drastic changes that i'm proposing that is one fear but i i, I do say it's never too early to start regretting well uh, that's a i have it on a mug actually that it's a big mug i have it says that but um, but actually, tell me, I think that once again, the good tell maybe it's not good television, but it's it's effective because literally most of the good speeches were just talking to people watching television. You know, when you watch these conventions and yes, it's fun and sort of a, uh, a, you know, kind of a hacky way looking at the people with the hats and the whole thing. And it's fun. But how many pins? Don't pictures? forget the pins, the many. Well, I do love yeah. the pins. The but, signs, but, uh, Scotty. Yes, the, the though, signs. And we love that. But there were very few great convention speeches. I mean, there was no. Barack Obama in, in, in 2004. Mario that was. Cuomo I remember it very well. 84. So there, interestingly but, enough, uh, uh, Mario Cuomo gave us. Well, Mario Cuomo was saying in 1984. Speech. Yes, that was the uh, Andrew Cuomo speech. Couldn't hold a candle of that. That was the sale of two cities, which. Many candidates have stolen since then. But I really think that uh, right in these times, these very personal times, uh, the bottom line is to get to know Kamala Harris, to get to know Joe Biden. And I think if you watch the full two hours, unencumbered by the unnecessary pundit interruptions, you do get that sense. And again, the only mistake was the long shots on Kamala's speech. And tonight, if they're listening, I'm sure they are, the production crew, uh, don't do any long shots to six people on laptops. Yeah, Event, you know, uh, and they have their own At least let them sit. It was just absurd. It was sort of like a, almost like a, a re, you know, regulation. Like, well, you got to show the six laptop people to get the test. Well, you got to show somebody. 
Somebody you got to show it. Something. Yeah. What, what, what were those guys? Let's show them. <laughs> well, just like on sitcoms that have a no audience, you don't cut to no audience. Just no. To show there's no, audience. <laughs> no, you don't. You never cut to the audience. No. No, you just uh, no <laughs> ever. Right. And, and even and if it's not them really laughing, you never cut to empty seats proving that they're not really laughing. So right. it was uh, that that was a mistake. But I have to say, though, you know, what came through to me was the niceness of it. And of course, look, the Republican conventions next week will be covering that not live from Charlotte and not live from Jacksonville and, and other places where they said they were going to have it and aren't having it. But um, <laughs> the big difference is that it's nice. These are nice people. And I think that next week, if you're a mean person, I think that comes through one on one like that. So I think that's going to well, it'll be interesting to compare because uh, I think these people are very nice and we've talked about that's it. That's interesting. Now, I wonder yeah. if you think that they're nice because you agree with them or because you honestly believe that they're nice, uh, uh, nicer than uh, uh, I mean, for example, Kamala Harris, she put away a lot of uh, uh, a lot of pot smokers in her day in jail. Uh, she- um, she may I, have, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, and I understand she does smoke weed from time to time, right? Uh, well, you know, it was a different time and I don't, uh, you know, I don't. No, but I, I mean, I'm just wondering, would I want to smoke weed with Kamala Harris? I don't I smoke could, pot. Yeah. For one thing. Yeah. Uh, I would want to hang out with cough. her. Yeah, I would hang out. I, no, I was. Would I you? Would but her. suppose she wanted to suppose she lights up a joint. She passes it to you. Would you? Well, I haven't had smoke since five. So, uh, no, and I don't think she would. Knowing Kamala no, 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 the way let's that I do, be hypothetical, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, what no, would I, you I, do I, in that moment? I think it would be a test, uh, almost like with God and Abraham in, in smiting his son. Yes. And then, and then he. Now stopped. we're getting somewhere. Yeah, it's biblical. This is one of our it's few biblical, biblical Scotty. Yeah. You yeah. would be like God. Yeah, it's God and Abraham testing you. What would you do? Would you t- 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 would you take Kamala's uh, joint, and and for the first time in years and years and years, and who knows yeah. what that would do to you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, again, going with the going with it, this could happen. Uh, first of all, uh, I would actually politely and with a smile, and she's got a great smile, say, uh, "Oh, no, thanks, Kamala," but um, something. I would come up with something, but and but but I'm go, cool, but but I'm cool with you doing it or something like that. Yeah, well, I use the lingo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then Doug Emhoff, her husband, would nod to and going like, "Hey." Uh, and he's like, I think he's a Jewish guy. You know, we, we Jews, we always sort of uh, associate with, you know, finding whoever else is. But I think he would nod. Going yeah. Like, but yeah, interestingly, geez. Scotty, yeah. as um, growing up a Presbyterian, I never want to know who else is a Presbyterian. Like, <laughs> I, I'm super happy not knowing. Isn't that interesting? And there's no bond you get. No, none like, whatsoever. But, like but a Presbyterian was elected to something. There's never that. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I think uh, Trump is pres- Presbyterian. So there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there I go. Oh, my gosh. There well, that shows that why you don't automatically. Well, I, and then, I stopped, yeah. We stopped being Presbyterian when I was, I think, 14 or something like that. And we became yeah. my family became a different type of a different type of Christian, more liberal church, actually, United Church of Christ. So uh, oh, a they're great. Side fact, note, Scotty, that, well, uh, Tom, I'm glad since you, you brought it. in your your religious yes. thing. Who knew that I was I, when I woke up this morning, I was I the, I'm not going to say it's the last thing on my mind. The last thing on my mind was that there would be Portuguese sailors that would be singing in falsetto underneath <laughs> my bed. That was the last thing. Probably yeah, that, I, that was on it my always mind. is. Some people it's next to last, but I'm glad it was the last <laughs> for you. But Tommy, uh, 
what I was thinking though is again the the what my vision I have you know, visualize things. I yeah. like Joe Kamala and their family so much that I don't just want to vote for them. I truly do want to hang out with them, right. get invited to family dinners, and more. Pose for pictures with them, and above all, make them laugh. Because Tommy, I want getting through this with Tom and Scott to be the official podcast of the Biden Harris campaign. And more than that, I want Joe to say. And this is how he would say it. Man, that stuff you guys do is really out there. You'll have to do it every night in bed. And that's like a little, ooh, in bed. You know, and the Kamala would right. say, oh, my God, guys, you are so funny. You totally cracked me up. Awesome. That's what I hear them saying that. That's what wow. I'm holding out for. That's what that's I That's a dream. And that's a great, that's quite an aspiration. Very specific, you know. Oh, yeah, I've got when, the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, uh, people who are uh, positive thinkers say, if you're going to dream, dream specific. And, oh, yeah. and imagine the specific details of what you want and how you're going to get it. So that day will come where we'll be sitting around with, I mean, I'm, I'm sure of it now, since you just said you, that's your dream and that it was so specific that uh, I, I, do, I do think, I'm not saying 100% chance that we'll be, uh, hanging out with uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in a year from now. I can't say that's going to happen. But uh, I do think it's th that you have to prepare yourself for the possibility that somebody might break open a joint and pass it around. I think you just have to, to be ready for that emotionally. And I think that's what uh, uh, today... Uh, I, I think now you, you are ready for that moment. You are ready to hang out. And, and, and it, it's really not going to be about the weed. It's going to be about the camaraderie. It's, it, it's going to be about, hey, I, what, what we want is for uh, Joe Biden to, to uh, record something for us that we can play on our podcast or yeah. promote our podcast that says, oh, come on, man. He starts out saying that. Come on, man. If you don't li listen to getting through this, you're not a Biden voter. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that would be perfect. Yeah, that's what we want. We want him to get in somewhere else. Could you just well, I mean, this again, it could be in yeah. his words, but I'm a little worried about his words. I, I prefer my words in this instance. But uh, so well, come on, think? man, is all you need, I think. And then and again, yeah, well, I, mean, would just I figured be... that's what he would say. Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what I think they would say. To me, as I was saying there, by the way, you talk about dreams. And I think this is something we always go for the future. People say dream big. What does it even mean? I mean, yes, it's nice to have big aspirations, but let's dream specific. As you said, let's script entire dreams. And you say, well, you could script it all you want. It's not going to happen. How do we know? Maybe the yeah. fact that people aren't scripting their dreams, how are they going to, you know, all of a sudden they can improvise while they're sleeping? Not likely. Well, that's what's been happening. Oh, it's all that people are yeah. improvising while they're sleeping, and that's, yeah, that's and, that, and, and really from time immemorial. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and from the time and, life. By the way, time immemorial. Let's just drill down on yeah. how long that is. Is it is it uh, three thousand years? Is it five thousand years? Or is it longer than recorded history? Well, you know, it's this expression that I never, no one's ever drilled down on it until now, and an immemorial. Yeah. What is how does that relate to memorial? That sounds like your time has passed away, yeah. and that now we're remembering time. But that seems very sort of meta, and, and and it's even hard to imagine that as a as a Walt Disney cartoon on time. Yes. What if time died? What? Gosh, I never thought of that. Well, just imagine the time ha had a an incurable disease, and 
with quickly succumb to it. Oh no, that's so sad. And then they, but that would actually be a controversial because the episode that was made right. never aired. Right, of how kids would react to it, <laughs> and also they spent too much time on what, uh, on what killed time, and how it had a curable disease, and they tried to resuscitate oh, yeah. time, and yeah, no, and, it was very upsetting to everyone to adults. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I would be so upset. They just cut that out and said, "What if there was no time?" And then presented a world with no time, and what would that be like? Well, that's much more soothing and interesting, and you can show still have Dumbo and. You know, you got various Disney characters. It oh, there's Snoopy, Dumbo, and, and, and Goofy, and Donald oh, all Duck. Of them. All of them. In that yeah. world. In that Except world. Except that they'd all be living at the same time, right? Yeah. Nobody, well, that was the thing. Nobody no, dies. Like, well, Dumbo wasn't what like... What happens if there's no time, Scotty? Well, well, Disney, there is no time because Dumbo was around in the 40s and the 80s and the now. And it wasn't like, yeah, Dumbo, he was from the early 1900s. You know, there's no time for that. So that's... I wish all of life could be that way. Uh, well, I well, think our material on this podcast is timeless, and especially yes. shout out. Well, we make sure of that. Yeah, even even when we now. talk about current events, we're we're talking about it with an uh, with a mind uh, mindful that people two or three thousand years will be reading about uh, listening to this podcast on whatever futuristic device you know that that they receive their podcasts on. And um, so we are aware of that. We always make sure that we don't simply assume that people 3,000 years from now will be interested in what we're saying. We make sure that it will be relevant to them. And I do think people will always be fascinated with this period of time. Well, as you, literally, Tommy, a foot away from me, I'm holding it now. I don't think our listeners can see it until we revamp the technology where a podcast can be seen. But as I promo the other day i'm holding in my hand the great influenza by john barry the question our listeners with a smile and maybe a bit of a laugh oh come on scott are you really going to read a book? i think it's 400 <laughs> sorry I I just... how thick that book was but i'm going to and that's a from yeah, 100 you are ago so when you I'm, when you say yeah. you're going to read it that's you know a lot of people just read books but you you first declare your intention of reading a book yeah well you publicly need, publicly well you can't get more public than this no. And uh, so I am. And because now I can't walk that back because everyone no, I see, all my fans it. at the conventions, <laughs> then I, they're going to go, how's that book going? And I go, yeah, oh, um, I didn't say exactly <laughs> when. I mean, I am, you know, a little busy. You'll just... find out how many podcast listeners you have when they chide you for and they start asking you questions. Hey, what about that page 47? Huh? Yeah, because they read the book. Well, you know what? Our, our good friend of the show and our good friend, uh, Betsy Cadell, actually said, and she, I'm pressure you remember this, I had said I'd stopped at page 62 of the Johnny Carson book. And that also, I have not forgotten about, but she said, are you on 64? So I love that our listeners know yeah. the page number that I stopped at. And that's, <laughs> that I think is the best way to that's get it. That's better than having a bookmarker. You just oh. depend on your listeners Whoa. to tell you what page to. Oh, absolutely. Well, also, so you don't need bookmark. that bookmarker. No. Right? And uh, if it's I had a, a bookmark that you stick in the uh, pages. Yeah. No, uh, if I had a bookmark, I wouldn't know that I was on page 62. I'd know that that whatever that was. was. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, bookmarkers fulfill their but it's their purpose. Uh, but it's better to have podcast fans tell you what. page. Oh, absolutely. You're on. And I mean, it's just more personal. Oh, absolutely. That's what we do. And uh, one thing, our podcast, you know, we get. You know, we don't always get to the topics we plan because we so many. As we say, we talk about everything that ever happened ever, and we can't fit it all in in 30, 35 minutes. But 
Uh, some of our listeners said, when is Tommy going to tell us about, and we promoted the other day, when J- it almost seems like a, a mirage that this really happened, when yeah. JFK visited your hometown of Liberty, well, Illinois. It almost sounds like, did this ever happen? But apparently it did. It, it, apparently it did. Well, now it's it's even wondrous. Did 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 I even ever talk about it on the podcast? You just so did, but the story itself, uh, we never. Um... Uh, that even that has become mythological. But yeah. <clears throat> but I will say this: this spun out of the discussion we were discussing uh, early convention experiences that we had as as kids growing up, and we uh, and how I. Uh, did not see uh, the first convention I really wanted to see was 1960. I was yeah. nine years old, Scotty. And uh, I wanted to see it because I was already a fan of John F. Kennedy, JFK. Yeah. Uh, 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 and I, I, for example, there was a, there was a, um, huh, there was a, a, a place in town, a, a store that was the Democratic local Democratic headquarters, and you could get buttons and things. Oh, wow. I mean, it was just a dream. I loved Kennedy for president buttons. Yeah, I, just, I hope you I, still have them. Pictures of them. Penny. I know. Still, well, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. It, 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 they were valuable, it turned out. Yeah. But, um, and so I was a huge fan of Kennedy. And uh, I, um, it's even funny when I say the name Kennedy, it seems like something deep in my childhood for some reason. That name, not for some reason, for lots of reasons. So yeah. the Democratic Convention, I believe it was in Chicago, right? 1960? Uh, uh, go I, yeah, I know the one in 68, 68 was. was. Well, yeah, well yeah. whatever it was. Anyway, it was yeah. televised. It was televised. Oh, yeah. oh, certainly. The point was it was televised. And we did not watch it. I, I did not see it. Um, we don't didn't have a TV. Right? Wow. Because it was our parents... Fear that yeah. television made us mediocre. Breaking news. Beep, beep, beep. The, the 1960 convention was held in Los Angeles, California. Oh, Los Angeles. Ding, okay. Ding, ding, ding. So that was even for, more impossible. Although I dreamed of going to California. In those oh, days. yeah. So it would have been a, a, a great thing. But we couldn't even watch it on the on the television set or the Just election night. Yeah. But here's what's interesting. Uh, 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 <clears throat> And um, that puts a lot of pressure on whatever you say when you say, here's what's interesting. Uh, it also assumes that nothing else you've been saying is interesting. So I would avoid that phrase. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, I regret having said it, Scotty. But um, so I'm walking that back. Here's some more stuff that's interesting is what I should say. Yeah. And that is that in the during the campaign, Kennedy went all over the country back in those days. You could do that. Right? Yeah. You could go campaigning places. And he came to my hometown, the town of Libertyville, Illinois. Uh, at that time, 8,600 people. I was, a, I was very interested in populations of places. Yeah. And so it's a small town. So imagine John F. Kennedy comes there to give us and gives a speech. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. He oh. gives a speech publicly outside, outdoors, I believe. In, in downtown and more In downtown Libertyville. So, yeah. you know less than a mile away from where we lived. I could walk wow. there, but I didn't, Scotty. Mm. Well, now that was stop right there. Why I didn't I? The next thing you would have said would be, of course, am I, am I, you can't say it's too far. Your parents wouldn't let you. It just seemed like a dream. So uh, what possibly could have happened? Yeah, what, what could have happened? Yeah. What could have, uh, uh, so, right, exactly. That's 
that's probably what, how I should have put it, Scotty. That was you know, uh, um, setting up the, the, well, what am I going to do? Will I go see it? Well, it just so happens he came on a school day. Oh. Well, oh. let's t- go back to this era of 1960 and what it was like for a nine-year-old lad growing up in the Midwest <laughs> in the Leave it to Beaver suburb of Libertyville, Illinois. Uh, uh, there was a, a, a sense, a belief, a, a, a deep, deep, deep understanding on the part of all young children of those age that you had to go to school. And if you didn't, well, the truant officer would get oh, you. Oh, yeah. That was always that name yeah, the truant. I mean, I never saw one, but no, like the most frightening character. The frightening. Yeah. yeah. And you figure they plain clothes and they keep their star underneath their jacket. And they just hold it, huh. show it to you once they can't nab you. Playing hooky was the term. Playing hooky. Yeah. So, all right. So some would say, you know, you always hear these success stories of, I played hooky. I ran off and I joined a band and became part of the Rolling Stones, right? You always hear these stories about the people who played hooky and it worked out great for them. But we always grew up hearing stories of you played hooky and then the truant officer chases you down. Helicopter. (laughs) Dog. (laughs) (laughs) That you run across racing away. Just wading through the river, trying to cover your tracks and getting yeah. cold, starting to get pneumonia. <laughs> Helicopter is coming. Don't give up. Give up. <laughs> we have you surrounded. We are the truant officers. <laughs> and then they That's... race and they handcuffs and they take you to reform school. Oh, wow. What a scenario. What a nightmare uh, scenario. It's a nightmare scenario. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also, you may have left out one thing your parents pleading. Come out, Tom. Come out, please. <laughs> it's all for the best. Come out now and go back to school. Go back to school. Oh, please, Stop Tom. Playing hooky. Yeah. It's and the wow, worst I mean, that could be a. Is you just created, you wrote, directed, and an excellent cinematography of a, a scene that would be a, a landmark in cinema. Yeah. Uh, and also a cautionary tale to anybody thinking of playing hooky. Maybe it was done in, I could see a 1950s, late 50s. <laughs> You know, documentary, you know, Tommy doesn't want to go to school. What could happen? And then, <laughs> you know, wow. Well, these men, these men have different ideas. You show all these square jawed uh, truant officer patrol lined up, mounting their motorcycles, going off into different directions. Yes, throughout the, throughout the country, <laughs> children who are playing hooky better, better play it smart. Yeah. These guys Stay are in on school. your tail. Or else, and then all the different, and then the, the, the planes, they fly planes with, uh, you know, where they're looking out the window with binoculars and, you know, something like that, a documentary showing the mighty reach of the true. Uh, yeah, I, I love to look it up because uh, the, the wonderful Frank Conniff, a good friend and the uh, wonderful comedian, he was from on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, he would put together these collections of uh, old cartoons and also document little things from the 50s. And there's always things about Tommy and. You know, yeah. Oh, don't talk to strangers. And, and of course they do. And these every second a guy is jumping out of a car. Hi, kids. Want a <laughs> it was just, uh, so I'm sure maybe there was a true and film. Nothing as good as what you just uh, shot and, and edited. But uh, it really, uh, that was the most horrifying thing. The true and officer. Yeah. I mean, again, never seeing it. But and, and imagine. And then I finally catch a glimpse of Kennedy as he's gone. And I say <laughs> unto you, stay in school. 
never play hooky. Like that's what he's saying at the speech. That would be yeah. like, finally and he points him. points and, to and, you. And it's Kennedy. He's pointing to me. Yeah, young man, you belong in school. And then they take you away screaming, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to school. And then and you cried in front of Kennedy. Yeah. The- and then it gets on the news. Yeah. yeah so- a, a boy played hooky just to see Kennedy. This is going to hurt him in the election. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just like the kid, the sad kid in Chicago who in the Cubs game, he yeah, reached oh for the gosh. home run ball. And uh, I don't B- Bartman. His last yeah. Name yeah. But Tommy, so you didn't go. Was there a scene? I mean, you the, oh, mommy, daddy, I want to go to see Kenny. Is it, or did you understand it just wasn't possible? You know, I, I think I honestly think I, I, I think I may have said something, but I uh, uh, to my mom, but I didn't raise a ruckus, as, as we used to say in those days, because uh, I, I did understand that it's not possible. It's like, this yeah. is not for us. I am a school child. I must go to school. I have no choice. Otherwise, they will chase me down with dogs and, and flashlights. It, well, you know, that was a different time. Also, you know, what also happened during the day when we were in school and mm-hmm. the World Series. Yes. Except for the weekend games. They were during the day at one o'clock on a Tuesday. And, and the boys was, got to watch the World Series. Well, I didn't. In 1969, when the Mets won, I can remember very well. Uh, yeah, I just remember. Uh, it, uh, at was, school, in other words. Oh, right? I was at school and we didn't watch it. it and it was no radio. Oh, you didn't watch it. Because I remember just, at, Adler, yeah. at my school, which was uh, a school very close to where I lived. And I loved that school, actually. The, the principal uh, let the guy, it was very sexist, but in those days it wasn't understood as sexist, uh, let the boys watch the World Series on a television set. Oh, wow. At school. And so you're right, Scotty, whenever there was a commercial, oh, like, go for anything, we, we just were, we were excited. The whole thing was so thrilling. Well, watching anything watch on television TV. that wasn't, you know, Channel 13 was our thing, the previous of, of four, uh, forerunner but but actually but yeah i remember i think it was frank rizzo he just he just said to me yeah i heard the mets won i don't know how he heard and i remember he slapped me five really that was what you did then and that Wait, was frank it. rizzo was he wasn't no. not the mayor of philadelphia but just a, a, another frank rizzo who was a fellow classmate i believe he just sort of said i heard the mets won now uh wait so I, I don't know why i would have been in school that late yeah. there at 4 30 so maybe this could be a thing where my memory is not, uh, as we always say, you know, sometimes you can forget things. Well, memory I... is, Scotty, it's fascinating because all of these events, memory is biological. It's, it's organic. Yeah. It's whatever it is. It's just, it's, it's organic. It's, it's not, it's not uh, digital in our brains. So it changes and it moves around and, and it talks to us and it reacts to things. Our memories are living um, beings, yeah, uh, Scotty. And, go- and so, of course, yeah. they're going to gradually change. But I, I have but I, I am uh, I, I it is interesting that they let us watch the World Series in in Libertyville. But in Brooklyn, you couldn't watch the World oh, Series, not even. even though it was the Mets. Oh, wasn't even discussed. Uh, it wasn't even a possibility. It wasn't like, why are we watching it on TV? So we just but again, just like you assume, of course, I can't see Kennedy. I got to be in Sue. I thought. Well, I just won't see it. And of course, I was thrilled to get the news. And years, for many, many years, I'd watch replays and the great moments. And Cleon Jones, I believe it was Cleon Jones, closing, catching the final wow. fly ball and closing it with two hands and the confetti and the craziest. Confetti, the great. But I do remember uh, 
and very quickly as we close, I used as I as I you know, and our listeners know, I wanted to be a sports announcer. I would record. Yep. I do my own play by play. I recorded when the Mets won uh, in 1969 for the league championship. It was uh, it was like a ground ball to short. This could be it. There's one. There's two. The game is over. The Mets are the champions at nine on oh seven on September 24th. The Mets have won the Eastern Division Championship of the National League. And that's verbatim, Tommy. It was Lindsey Nelson doing the call. The great wow. late Lindsey Nelson. And I memorized it. <laughs> to this day, to how this many day. years later, Tommy? I remember it verbatim. <laughs> that, uh, Scotty, that, uh, that's thrilling. I feel like I'm, I'm reliving those that you were there in, in memories Stadium. as if I, I were there. And, and in fact, you weren't even there. You were no. in school. And, and, uh, but, uh, Wow, what a what a trip through, starting in the conventions uh, 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 of last night and winding up in a in a Brooklyn schoolroom so many years ago, Scotty. Yes. This, this well, that's is what the we journey did. that we take. Well, we never know where we're going to land the plane. Well, <laughs> so exactly, speak, and uh, we do have a, a qualified pilot other than us, who's you know. So there's no yeah, fortunately, yeah, yes. but we do everything else. But but Tommy, you know. <laughs> Stay-at-home orders don't apply to us because every single day we're traveling back in time to the future <laughs> and around the world, staying at home. And wow, I think that everybody wishes they could do that, and they can. And so often, convention yes. coverage is limited only to this time period. But we we dive back into the oh not uh, the early 1960s. So uh, every single day, Scotty, I, I'm so proud to 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 be part of getting through this and, and the history that we're making. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and, and for that reason, and not just that reason, I continue to be Tom Saunders. And for that and many, many other reasons, I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman, and we're getting through this.